And good morning. Welcome to St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church on the web. We're, um, we're recording this morning on the web because, well, we have a snowstorm, so we get to enjoy each other's company on cyberspace. Now, I hope you're all inside this morning and enjoying the warmth of your house and not the cold of outside. Let us start our morning this way today. Friends, hear the good news. God's word does not come to condemn us, but to make us wise. It revives our souls and it rejoices in our hearts. God's word has been fulfilled among us in Jesus Christ, who sets us free to live with a cord of God's own gift of love. Thanks be to God. Let us continue preparing our hearts for worship this morning, this way. In mystery and grandeur, we encounter the God of all creation in hope and new life. We know the deep love of Christ in the heights and depths of life and the diversity of community. The Spirit of God moves among us. So let us worship the God of beauty, love, and wisdom together. Let us pray. Lord, you have called us here this morning, and we know that we come before you in need of forgiveness and grace. You call us to trust in you completely, but we do not. We're timid and we're fearful as we follow your lead. <clears throat> we justify our actions and words though we know that they are not what you require. And Lord, we struggle to understand the new life that Christ offers, preferring our old habits to the riskiness of change. Lord, forgive us, we pray, and help us once again to grasp the new life we've been given in Christ, trusting that you have included us by the grace in your family of faith. Lord, hear us now as we pray together the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. Our Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our responsive reading this morning comes from Psalm 19, and we'll be looking at verses 1 through 4. Uh, we're reading from the New Living Translation. And, and this psalm tells us that God's majesty is all around us. We can see the fingerprints of God everywhere we look. We find the workmanship of our Creator no matter where we go. And, and all we need to do is to stop and look up to see the wonder of God. The glory of the Maker of all things is everywhere. And that's what the psalmist tells us, that the heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display His craftsmanship. Day after day they continue to speak, 
and night after night they make him known. They speak without a word or sound, and their voice is never heard. And yet, their message has gone out throughout the earth, and their words to all the world. We continue our readings this morning with 1 Corinthians, and we're going to be looking at 12 through 19. And, and this continues talking about God's workmanship and, and how it can be seen in the heavens and all earthly things around us. But there's an even more familiar place where we can find the incredible craftsmanship of the maker of all things. And, and that, of course, is ourselves. We must just look in the mirror to see the wondrous way God has put us together. All the things that make us, us working together for the betterment of the body, our body. And with the church, it's the same way. All the parts working together for the betterment of the body. We are the sum of all the parts, and that makes us who we are. We're no one part alone, but we're the sum of all parts. And, and this is where the letter of, to the Corinthians really stands out because we find the Apostle Paul reminding the people of the gift that they are, no matter who they are, no matter what they are, because they are all one body. And the reading goes like this. It says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up the whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some of us are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into the one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many parts, many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, does that make it any less a part of the body? Or if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? And if the whole body were an eye, how would we hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Let us pray. Lord, just as we see your wisdom and glory in nature around us, may we hear your word and the power of your word that you have for us in these readings, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, we may be drawn closer to you through Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Our readings continue still from Corinthians, and we're following out the story. Now, our reading, of course, is, is about the metaphor of the human body. But now the Apostle Paul takes it and reshapes it. He, he takes... A, a metaphor, and, and at the time it was a popular metaphor, but he rearticulates it into what the body of Christ looks like, or should look like. This is an important moment in this writing, 
And it's one that our ears should just perk up at. The writer, who is God, of course, is leaving us with a message that is important. The writer's been using very common things around us to get his message across. Now, the writer is now connecting those things to God in a way that people in that particular culture could relate easily to. He's writing in a way that the people of Corinth will understand him. And importantly, he's writing in a way that is understandable by non-Christians and new Christians. Now, don't get me wrong, Paul's writings can be steeped in theological information, so much so that, that he is, well, as the Apostle Peter would say, difficult to understand. But we're also told by the Apostle Paul that in order to connect with the greatest amount of people, we need to find things to explain our God in everyday, present-day culture. So he doesn't try to draw from day things that have gone by many days ago, or if you notice, he doesn't use religious speak. He uses the present here and now to communicate his message, God's message. And then the writer is also giving at the very same time a picture of how God sees his people, simply, equal, and precious. No one more so than another, and, and no matter who you are or where you come from, you are all amazing to God. Now, this text comes out of a larger series of, of writing on worship and the struggles of the Corinthian church and, and all the problems they were having trying to get a balance between the holy and, and, and the secular, and, and, they, and they were running back and forth, and it was a bit of a struggle. But this is a tricky thing for people, no matter where they are, because it's difficult to, for people to agree on, on just exactly what worship is. Everyone wants to be able to worship in his own way, and everyone feels that, well, everyone should worship the way that they do, because, well, they must be right. But here in this writing, we find the author telling us also that Jesus gave us freedom. And that freedom includes to worship as God made us. Because it's not how we worship that matters, but whom we worship that matters. So let us hear the reading from Corinthians. Yes, there are many parts, but they're only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we close with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while other more honorable parts do not require the special care. So God has put the body together such that that extra honor and care be given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among all the members, so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad.
Today the message is called Bind Us Together. And and really that's that's what it is, because when Paul talks to the congregation at Corinth, he moves from the simple to to what he believes is the obvious. You are already all the body of Christ. So he gives us an action picture of who we are. In the scripture we find that it says all of you together are Christ's body. And each one of you is a part of it. So the challenge we find that, the, that a writer sets for us right away is to figure out who we are in the body, Christ's church. But notice, if you will, that the writer does not tell us who we are, other than we are the body of Christ, but only that we are to stop being who we were and move towards who God has made us to be. And and the other thing we should notice right off is, is Paul does not call for us to try and change others around us who are trying to find out who they are in God. Instead, we are called to look and see who we are and where we fit. What is our role in the body of Christ? God has blessed us with the gifts of being unique and singular. And because we have been blessed, we always have to remember that we are just a small part of the one body of Christ. And yet, we are not alone, nor are we left alone. We are interconnected and interdependent. So here we find that, that God, by using the example of the body and, and speaking through the Apostle Paul, it lets us in on an important message. We are free to be us and to be everything that God is making us. But we're not completely us yet. We're being formed day by day. Just as the human body grows and adapts and changes, so does the body of Christ. Have you ever met one of those people who acts entirely inappropriately for their age? People always seem to want to tell them to grow up. But really, that, that's a funny statement, isn't it? Who really wants to get older? I, I mean, even little kids don't really want to get older. Uh, for instance, when my daughter was young, all she ever wanted to be was bigger. Bigger so she could do more things. Ride more rides at the fair, ride a bicycle better, be as tall as your girlfriends. She, she never asked to be grown up, just bigger. Now, i got to be honest and say, I, I don't want to get bigger anymore. I, I matter of fact, I, I guess, you know, as you get a little older, perhaps what you actually want to be is a little smaller than you used to be. I, I'd like to be a little smaller so I can fit back into the clothes I once wore or, or walk further or, or just feel healthier. However, it, it's funny because as we mature, we know that at some point in our life, change becomes harder. And accepting the changes of our body, well, that's even more difficult. You know, we look in the mirror, and that person staring back at us is not the person we remember. It's this older, more wrinkled, paler version of the self we envision. I, I know that when I look, I am an older, supposedly more mature, wiser, and worldly version of my youthful self on the outside. But inside, when I'm not thinking about what the outside looks like, I realize that, you know what, I still feel young. I still feel like a kid sometimes.
So I often say that I'm not very good grown up. And, 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 and I got to be honest and tell you many times, I thank God for that because who wants to be old anyways, right? Yes, I know. It's, it's not a choice, is it? However, I, it's something we move towards. But when, when, for instance, I was young, I had a much more pragmatic view of aging, I think. And, and I wrote a, I wrote a piece uh, many years ago when I was younger, thinking about growing old. And, and it went kind of like this. It says, I, I was awakened from a deep sleep one night by a knock on the door just before sunlight. I ran down and answered the banging because I was concerned. Who could be and what could be so important this early in the morning? I opened the door and lo and behold, old age was there, beckoned me come. Come and grab the hand of the others who before me had gone. Just take a little step forward and breathe and swallow my pride. I pondered but a moment and then to my surprise, I stepped through the door and followed old age into the sunrise. Well, <laughs> that was then, but this is today. And, and well, I must admit, I, I'm not quite following old age and that elderly generation the way my parents did or my grandparents tried to project. I, I still like rock and roll. I really like modern worship music. I love learning new things and, and, and having my thinking changed and because all of those things are still important to me. Yes, I did go out and buy an old folks comfy chair. But the truth be told, I always loved my grandmother's comfy chair, and it was always nice and rocking and reclining. And, and when I remember that when I was a kid, I told myself, one day I'm going to have one exactly like that. Now I do. So that's, that's my little move into old age, I suppose. But I think there's a lot of folks that are like me today. I don't think people are moving into old age the way we once once did. Uh, many people are are retiring early, but continuing to work. And 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 as as I've read uh, different things, I've I've found that many people are working well into their seventies, eighties, nineties, and and ageism is slowly and mercifully fading away. Hallelujah. But what does that mean to the body of Christ, the church? Well, when the body begins to think that it no longer has the will or ability or desire to change, really, it simply needs to look in a mirror. Because change is not an option. We change every day. And as we change, everything around us changes every day. And and just to sort of prove my point, many of you probably forgot about our younger ability to take change. So so let me help you remember for a moment. Many of you probably used a slide rule in school. <laughs> I know some of the younger ones are laughing going, a slide what? But at that time, it was quite a controversial thing. And then came calculators, and then laptops, tablets, smartphones, 
And, and of course, um, many people will remember that we went from black and white TV to color, then from a floor model TV, you know, with 26 inch screens to 40, 50 inch smart TVs, 80 inch screens, cable, on demand, Netflix, internet, email, messaging, Facebook, Twitter, texting, snapshots, shared data, all of that controversial when it first came out. Many thought, well, who, who's going to buy that? Who's going to use that? But looking back, we did buy it. And, and we do make use of these things. Now, I, I know for many that, that learning to use these new things has been a challenge. And yet, because of our children and our children's children, we, we have found a new way to talk and communicate because they talk and communicate entirely differently than we did. And, and so we found that there's a necessity to embrace a new way of interacting with each other. And with that necessity, there's a desire to understand better and to be able to communicate with the people around us better. Now that, that for many, has given us the moxie to go ahead and become somewhat savvy about the new world of social cyber interaction. And for many of us, we have now found joy and fulfillment because we have embraced the change of new times, because we've honestly admitted to ourselves that things have changed. But you know what hasn't changed? And this is what Paul reminds us in the writing, that being part of one body means we should grasp the obvious. Everything changes. But there still is only one body, one message, but there's many parts. But every part is important. Every part is loved. And every part is cherished. Change is inevitable. Things will never stay the same as they were yesterday, no matter whether it's for us personally as we age or for the body of Christ as it changes. The message doesn't change, but the way we deliver it has changed over the centuries. And that's what the Apostle Paul and God is trying to tell us in this writing. Open your eyes and see. Let us pray. Lord, we think about the people this morning that may be out traveling or or had to take a hotel room and they're away from their family. We pray for the people that are out working in the snowstorm, Lord. May, may they be safe. May you keep them safe. Lord, we think about the people that are they're at home now that can't get out. We pray that they take it easy, that they don't uh, stress themselves too much trying to clean out driveways. And, and Lord, we, we just thank you that we can take a moment this morning to share together and, and be together in this time of worship. Lord, may you wrap your arms around each person that is listening to this broadcast and may they know that they are loved by you and that they are your children. Now, Lord, as we come to this part of our service, this is normally where we say, we love to give back to you a part of all that you have blessed us with. And Lord, we think about that and, 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 
and we know that there's a tab on the website where we can donate or we could double up our gifts next week. But that's not the point, Lord. What is the point is that we want to give to you joyfully and generously. And, and Lord, we thank you that we have those opportunities to do that. So let us take a moment for those that are those that are on par, those that are they're going to press the donate tab, and 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 let let us pray for their generous gifts this morning. God of life and new life, we ask you this morning to bless these gifts that we have given, that they may further your reign in this world. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Go now in peace. Go now fully knowing that God has given you everything that you need to do his work in this world. Go now knowing that God is making everything new every day. Go now in peace. We will see you next Sunday. Stay warm and thank you for joining us.